0: Today, I am joined by award-winning author and gardener, Carol Michelle. Carol has spent three decades in healthcare IT while making a living in her garden. She is the author of several books, including five gardening books, a humor book, and a children's book. She has the world's largest whole collection and she gardens in Indiana in a place she calls May Dreams. so we're going to be talking to her about her story, and we're going to be talking gardening, especially with the food shortages going on. So, Carol, thank you so much for joining me today.
1: It's my pleasure.
0: Why don't you start off by telling everybody a little bit about yourself?
1: So, I am from Indiana. I was born and raised here in central Indiana. I started gardening when I was about two years old, following after my dad in his garden, In early spring, planting peas and then, you know, progressing on to planting the tomatoes. And I always enjoyed it. And so I thought by eighth grade, I should make a living in gardening somehow. So I went to Purdue University and got a degree in horticulture. And then I got out of school and I thought, okay, I need to get a job. And I found out that when I graduated, which was in a time a long, long ago called the end of the 70s, beginning of the 80s, the economy was terrible and jobs were not plentiful, nor were they well-paying. I I must support myself. So I I thought I still love gardening, but I I need to do something that's going to earn a little bit more money. So I went back to college and got a degree in computer technology, which is, you know, I was pretty good at that too, and ended up getting a job working for a healthcare organization here in Indianapolis. I stayed for 33 years. Started out in COBOL programming, which you know for people today that's considered an ancient programming language. And then I just kind of moved up the ranks. And when I left, I was a director over the project office. And I decided there got to be a point where it's like, well, I have, I think I've made enough money, and I think I can support myself. I didn't have any family, and well, I have family, but I didn't have any dependents. And so I thought, why not retire early? Life is short, so. I retired six years ago. Yesterday was the six-year anniversary. And since then, I've been living, in the, living the gardening life. So I had started blogging about gardening back in 2006, 2007. And so that blog has turned into, and, and other writing has turned into five gardening humor books and a children's book. And I don't think I'm done writing yet. That's, a, that's my story.
0: Well tell us about your hoe collection because in your bio you say you have the world's largest hoe connection. Tell us about that and how you know you have the world's largest collection.
1: Well, I don't know that it's the largest, but I know that when I tell people that I have a very large hoe collection and they find out there's about 60 gardening tools out there in the in the garage, no one says, "Oh, I know somebody that has more." So it actually started Because one of the things about gardening is uh, I'm always looking for bigger, better tools, so to speak. And so, you know, if there's a better hoe, I want to try it out. And one day I looked in my garage and I had about 10 or 12 of them. And I got this crazy idea and I was still working in IT, which can be a very stressful work if you've ever worked in IT. And so I got this idea to take pictures of the hoes kind of out in the garden in various poses, I guess. And I would stand them up against a tree or, you know, set it out in the vegetable garden. I took pictures and I made a little presentation and I took it into work and we were having these budgeting meetings. And so it can be very stressful. And then it budgeting can be even more stressful. So we had a break and I says, Hey, does anybody want to see my whole collection? And they just looked at me because they already knew I was the crazy gardening lady. And so they said, okay, Carol. So I showed my little PowerPoint presentation of of 10 or 12 slides, and they were just rolling on the floor laughing. And so when I started blogging, I put them online and claimed it was the largest. Nobody's ever disputed it. But once you put a hoe collection online, then everybody who makes hoes, they will email you and say, hey, we have a garden hoe that I don't think you have. Would you like to try it out? I'm like, Okay. And so they would send them to me. And, you know, then, you know, I'd go to a family reunion. My cousin would say, hey, I got this old hoe that might have been grandpa's. Do you want them? Like, okay. And so that's how I end up with about 60 of those things hanging in the garage, five and six on a peg.
0: Wow. That's pretty amazing. So tell us about your favorite vegetable to grow.
1: So my favorite vegetable to grow really depends on the season. I love growing peas because that is the first thing I sow in my garden, generally around St. Patrick's Day. And I think even most uh, most gardeners across like the middle section of the country and will target May- March 17th to sow peas. And people think, well, that's kind of early, but they can withstand frost. So I love to plant the peas. And then I move on and I love to plant tomatoes and I can't really pick a favorite except As far as eating, I love cherry tomatoes. I call it the candy of the garden because you can just go out there and when you garden like I do without any pesticides or anything, you can just, you know, there's cherry tomatoes to pick and eat while you're out there working. It's fun.
0: Well, if you were told that you could only grow one flower, what flower would you pick to grow?
1: Oh, if I could only grow one flower, that is easy. There's a little flower called the viola. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. It's related to pansies. And they grow in cool weather. And that is the first flower I plant in the spring. I often plant it at the beginning of March. And so just around the corner from me is this greenhouse, little greenhouse, it's family owned, and they grow a lot of the plants and stuff. So we we have it all worked out in the spring. They will text me and tell me that the violas are ready to go. And then I'll run down there and I'll buy a whole bunch of them. And then I put them in the front, I put them in the back and I let them grow until they fizzle out in the heat. So that that's my absolute favorite is the viola.
0: Well, tell us about your gardening books and tell us what readers can expect when they read them. And I also see in your bio that you do gardening books without pictures. Why is that?
1: So my gardening books, I call them humorous essays about gardening. What people can expect when they read my books is some funny stories, heartfelt stories. But if people tell me that I sneak knowledge about gardening into the stories, so you learn something, but you're laughing through it. And that's that's how the five books are characterized. I Sort of stealth gets you interested in gardening because I'm not afraid to be the crazy gardening lady of the block and do the crazy gardening things and then write, the, write about them, both in my books and on my blog.
0: Well, tell us about the christmas cottontail you got a christmas cottontail story so kind of tell yes. us about that and is that a, is that a true story
1: well no it's not a true story unless you believe in santa claus and if you believe in santa claus this is a true story of a little bunny that was shivering in the snow on christmas eve and santa claus found him and felt sorry for him took him back to the north pole and at the North Pole, they said to the Christmas cottontail, you know, everybody has to have a job. So they taught this little bunny how to sow seeds and plant bulbs. So on Christmas Eve, the Christmas cottontail rides with Santa. And at the good gardener's houses, he plants seeds and bulbs for spring flowers. At the bad gardener's houses, he sits in the sleigh and maybe eats carrots with the reindeer. And that is the story of the Christmas cottontail for gardeners of all ages.
0: Speaking of gardeners of all ages... Tell us, give the new gardeners or people wanting to start a garden out there some advice as well as the experienced gardeners such as yourself.
1: So I tell people, I have the secrets to happiness in your garden and they're, they're buried in my books in various ways, but I give people, everybody a couple of tips that are, no matter where you garden, here's the things I tell people. Number one, you'll enjoy it more if you grow the plants that you love. And so, for example, if you don't love tomatoes, don't feel obligated to grow tomatoes. But if you love eggplant, grow eggplant. So grow the plants you love. Then the other thing I tell people is love the plants that you can grow. So everybody's got different plants that they can grow. In my garden, we cannot grow, for example, camellias, which is a lovely, lovely flower, similar to a rose. So I can love it all I want, but it's not going to grow very well here and I'm not going to be very successful. So that's tip number two is love the plants you can grow. And then tip number three is, now this is no surprise from somebody with a hoe collection, buy good tools. So gardening is like any other hobby. Invest in some good tools and you will enjoy it much more. If you have a good sharp pair of pruners, for example, pruning is much easier to do than if you have a little junky pair that you got at the dollar store. Same with like a trowel, get a good sturdy trowel instead of that junky one that bends the minute you put it in the ground. So I tell people buy good tools. And then the fourth thing I tell people is size the garden for the resources that you have. So if you're, for example, you know, a working mom and a working dad, and you got kids going this way and that way, don't start a big acre sized garden and expect to be successful with it. That is a lot of work and a lot of time. So think about what time do you have to spend in the garden? What's your personal strength? For example, you know, it does no good to do something that you just don't have the, the physical strength to do and then plant and plan your garden accordingly. So if, you know, you're working and you don't have any time to do anything, you may just have some containers on the patio and just have time to water them. If you have a little bit more time, you might make some raised bed vegetable gardens and you bet you can spend a little bit of time on a Saturday morning and keep them in pretty good shape. So think about the size of your garden. And the last thing I tell people, this is my secret number five is respect mother nature. So water doesn't flow uphill, for example, and you don't have to squash every bug that comes into your garden. There are so many bugs that are good bugs. And if you just think you're going to go out and nuke your garden with a bunch of insecticides to kill the bad bugs, you're going to end up with a pretty sad garden all the way around. So respect Mother Nature. There'll be good bugs. There'll be bad bugs. Sometimes it won't rain and you'll have to help Mother Nature by watering. But think, always keep in mind that you can't really, basically, you can't fight Mother Nature. So work with it. And those are my secrets.
0: Well, explain to people what garden fairies are and what they should do about them if they have them in their garden.
1: So garden fairies are magical creatures. And whether you believe in them or not, they're probably out there. And so I tell people, here's here's one sign that you've got garden fairies. If you're gardening and you lay down a tool and then you can't figure out where you laid it down, you probably have garden fairies and they probably hid it somewhere. And they're laughing. You're going around thinking, where'd I set my trowel down? I thought I had it right here next to me. Then you find out it's on the other side of the garden. That's garden fairies. They're magical creatures and you should welcome in the the garden. Tell kids about them. They're magical.
0: Well, we know that you don't use social media. So where can we find you and, you know, catch up with your writings and everything that you're up to?
1: So I I have a website. It's caroljmichel.com. And you can go there and that takes you everything. I did stop using social media, but I started using Instagram again. So you can find me on Instagram and I'm Gardener there. I have a YouTube channel that I need going on. It's got a bunch of videos, but I'm Gardener on YouTube. But you can go there and any of my books are available. You can go to my website and I can provide signed copies for a small fee, or you can ask for them at your independent bookstore and they should be able to order any of them. They're also on bookshop.org and Amazon, of course.
0: So caroljmichelle.com? That's correct. Okay. You have any upcoming projects that you're working on that people need to know about?
1: Well, I've got some secret projects that I'm just not ready to tell anybody. But if they go to my website and they subscribe to my newsletter, they would be the first to find out.
0: Gotcha. Well, close us out with some final thoughts. Anything that maybe we didn't talk about that you would like to talk about or any final thoughts for the gardeners out there?
1: I would like to say this, prior to 2020, gardening seemed to be something that not everybody did. But once 2020 hit and all that mess happened, suddenly people are stuck at home and they're like, "Hmm, let's grow a garden. And from the looks of things at the local greenhouse, when I go there, younger people are gardening, they're bringing their kids, they're sticking with it. And for an old gardener like me, that is very gratifying to see. And I say the gardening tent is big and broad and everybody, no matter whether you have a little patio or a couple of acres, everybody can grow something and everybody can do a little bit of gardening. It's a hobby for everybody.
0: Well, before we let you go, for somebody who is wanting to get started in it, what resources or where can they go to kind of access startup information or kind of see what they need or just kind of like a garden gardening for dummies.
1: So there, there are some very good books out there, some good basic gardening books. Uh, And so you could look for those online. The other place you can go is every state has a cooperative extension service. They provide tons of information about gardening and they provide it all for free. And then they also, if you really get into gardening, most States have uh, the cooperative extension offers what they call master gardening classes. You can go to those classes. Usually they last, I would guess, eight to 10 weeks, one day a week, one night a week, I should say. And they'll teach you all the basics about gardening. So there's many resources out there.
0: So if somebody wanted to find a place in their state, what would they Google or how would they go about locating that information?
1: So you could just do a search for cooperative extension and then put the name of your state in there. So you could, and in Indiana, you could put in Cooperative Extension, Purdue University, because that's who runs the Cooperative Extension. You'd find tons of information, but just put Cooperative Extension, the name of your state. Tons of information will just come flooding into your in, into your Internet.
0: All right. So there you go, ladies and gentlemen, CarolJMichelle.com to see what she's up to and talk about all things gardening. Check I, got, I got
1: one more suggestion, Curtis, okay, if I could.
0: Ahead. Yeah, go ahead.
1: Well, it would behoove me to mention that I also do a podcast with a friend of mine. She gardens in Oklahoma. I garden in Indiana. And we have a podcast called The Garden we I made up that word because we are evangelists for gardening. We love gardening and we want others to love it too. So they can always listen to that along with your podcast. Of course, they can listen to our podcast, learn lots about gardening.
0: There you go, ladies and gentlemen. So you can check out that podcast as well. To learn about all things gardening, please be sure to follow, rate, review, share this episode, and consider starting a garden. Share this episode to as many people as possible and Android listeners. Go to the Google Play Store and download the Living the Dream with Curveball podcast app. Thank you so much for joining me today, Carol.
1: You're welcome, and thank you for having me.